0: I think the the important thing is to stress and for kids too is to stress the value of free choice um and how that trumps everything uh you know that that people need to become aware like to have good reasons for why they do one thing or another but then after that i mean that's america that is the beauty of living in america you're supposed to (laughs) it's getting we're losing our freedoms more and more but um, it is supposed to be free choice.
1: Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson.
0: My name is Matt Sanderson.
1: We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world.
0: Are you an IP parent?
1: Hey, it's Ariel Anderson, and you just heard Dr. Carol Lieberman. She's a very well respected psychiatrist and so much more. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a moment. I just wanted to say that this is one of those conversations that if you've been distressed, disappointed, frustrated, you know, feeling it, feeling the tension of what's out there. Uh, and with your own friendship circles, your family, your community, watching the bullying going on out there, wondering what the heck 's going on, worrying about your own kids and how they 'll be affected, this is a very strong conversation, and I want to warn you ahead of time because I have had different opinions here, and you know that, and I like to include as many different uh, opinions and experiences. Uh, as possible so that you can make your own choices like we do for our kids. Give them many options to to really get a clear view of of how you're going to make decisions for yourself and with your family. So that's my intention with this, just like when I had Tim Caulfield on, you know, who's, you know, working Mythbusters and had a book about vaccines and you've got, you know, Yana, and you've got different parents talking about different aspects of how these kinds of things have been affecting their own families. So I'm excited even just to uh, feel my heart beating as we're about to share this with you. Uh, And I want to reiterate that um, Dr. Carol Lieberman is, she's an MD. She is an MPH. She is a board-certified Beverly Hills psychiatrist and an award-winning best-selling author. She has trained at NYU Bellevue, very well-known, and at as well at Anna Freud's uh, London Clinic. She has served on the clinical faculty of UCLA's Neuropsychiatric Institute for years, and when she isn't uh, seeing patients or testifying at trials as a forensic psychiatrist, expert witness, she's working as a three-time Emmy honored TV personality who has appeared on Oprah, the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News, HLN, ET, ABC, CBS, NBC, and so many more. And I wanted to tell you all of that because I want you to know who you're listening to, um, and that the opinion and experience of you, of that mom in Australia, of that dad in Sweden, um, you know, your family member, that is very important to me. And it's also important for me to let you know that this is a woman of uh, strong values and strong experience. So, without any more hesitation, I'm re- I share this. Heated, fiery, and beautifully well-rounded uh, discussion and conversation about you know family decisions and understanding more deeply sort of what's going on out there and how we might work with it. Here we are, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome, Carol. Dr. Carol Lieberman. Is it my pronouncing correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't know how people are managing and I'm so curious how, how you, what your perspective as a person on the inside of it, as well as, you know, your perspective as a doctor and all your, uh, grace and understanding of it, uh, you know, here we've been talking about the fires and the stress that that causes, but I'm also wondering, you know, what, how, how are you seeing people manage right now? Like from your, all the conversations you've been having, what, what is showing up for you? Because I know in my circles, it's just the full spectrum. You know, uh, you've got parents and non-parents who are not managing well, a lot more people taking meds these days because they just can't manage. A lot of people's, and then you've got kids who are dealing with not being social and what's happening and the, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's really
0: yes. scary. And, you know, since you just mentioned meds, I want to say something, I feel strongly about something, I, you know, it's yeah. understandable how with all the anxiety and the depression and everything, people want to run out and get uh, anti-anxiety and antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication and antidepressants, but anti-anxiety medication is, um, And, you know, of course people think, oh, well, I'm only going to take it now during this stressful time with COVID and everything else. And uh, I'll get, I'll just get off it. You know, when stress goes down, we'll stress, (laughs) whenever that's going to happen. Right. Um, And so I, you know, the, the, the antidote or the cure for anxiety is not popping anti-anxiety pills. It is therapy that is what is, it's talking about it, talk therapy, psychotherapy, and whatever it is, whether you're talking about COVID or you're talking about your mother, you know, from childhood, it's things that, uh, because all of this stuff goes back to childhood, you know, I'm I'm sure you know, and because it's, it's really whatever is happening to us as adults, it's really triggering memories of like, you know, what happened, for example, the, the fires or the pandemic, um, that triggers feelings of what you, what was, what it was like when you were a child, you know, when you were sick and you were a child, um, what did you do? How did, was that a bad thing? Were you in pain? Did you go to the hospital? Um, you know, excuse me, all of that. So, um, and of course, this is a little more serious than having the measles. <laughs> you know, it's uh, seeing things on television, seeing people dying from COVID on television. Of course, kids are, are watching that. But we're all watching that. and We're all coming more in touch with our own mortality. And that is what is freaking people out. Now, kids, young kids don't really understand death because they, um, when people die in cartoons or animals die in cartoons, they pop up again in the next segment. So um, it's hard for kids to get a handle on death. You know, you can explain it however, whatever your religion and however you feel comfortable explaining it. You know, mommy is watching you from heaven and that kind of thing, if you would like. Um, But but of course uh, for depression, antidepressants are useful. and they're not addicting. And, uh, but really, even for depression, I mean, no medication um, is a cure for anything. Uh, it is just, you know, helps the symptoms temporarily. The cure is therapy. And it, that's one of the things I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but it's one of my peeves <laughs> as how psychiatrists, you know, have become pill pushers and um, people are getting crazy. I mean, it does, it's not really a tangent because you know, now with the pandemic, uh, when we are more stressed and so on, uh, and this is still the situation that most psychiatrists just, you know, give you a prescription, send you on your way and then tell you to come back in a month or two or three for these short mid visits. And, um, they don't really ask you about anything in your background. They just ask about symptoms and side effects and that doesn't cure anything. And then the patient comes back and, um, and, so, and the medicine hasn't worked because, you know, the, the doctor doesn't really know enough about the person to know what to prescribe. And so then they add another medicine because the symptoms are still there and on and on. And this is contributing to making the mental health of America worse. Uh, then we wonder why there are mass shootings, right? Um, you know, some people, this is like too much. Some people are going off the deep end um, and, and all of us, to some degree, are having um, problems like w- we've we've lost our humanity, which is why it's so easy um, for activists to rile up people to protest and loot and be violent and all that, because we don't see each other as humans anymore. We've been masked.
1: Yeah. Ah. I mean, there's so much there in what you just, you just <laughs> said that <laughs> stirs me up. I mean, that. That last piece is is so disturbing on a, on a human level, just to see how people are treating one another. But I think it kind of goes back, or maybe you can let me know if you agree to what you were talking about before about it, it. This is all sort of triggering things from childhood that people may or may not have been dealing with. We talk about that a lot in our household, that people who we had known as being, I don't want to use the word enlightened, but we'll just say, you know, quite natural people or they were very down to earth or they're very educated they whatever people who you thought were your people and were uh, had similar core values and then i'm seeing this very extreme what i call like reverting to default and i'd see these people who who i know have done therapy and have like there's so many things that they worked on themselves from the inside mm-hmm. out and yet because of the fear and the anxiety and the depression and the being cut off and like all the things that you've just been talking about i'm seeing behaviors that are really shocking and and uh i know it's related to you know all that's going on the fear and the anxiety and probably depression and yet it's very sad to me and i know and maybe part of it is that they haven't found the right therapist or the right thing to you know connect with but it's it's i think we were taken off guard that people kind of really revert back to that primal that stuff from the past just comes right forward and how your history, you know, starts really coming in. I mean, it's always doing that. But I think in extreme moments in time, do you agree that this is something I maybe we're imagining it? Do you think there's any truth to that? Because we've been trying to figure out why people are that we knew that were kind and generous and educated and, you know, had worked on themselves. And suddenly I see them screaming at people. 20 feet away that they don't have their mask on in the middle of nature. And I'm thinking that doesn't even make sense. Uh What's
0: going on? Well, you know, part of that is um, we are, it's not just the pandemic itself, you know, the like fear of COVID and so on. um, But it is also all these mandates that have come down. We are tired of being told what to do, you know, the, the, the uh, mask, the six feet, the vaccines. You know, I'm not saying. I mean, people should be able to decide for themselves what they want to do. Um, you know, yes, yes, you go into a store and and uh, you know, you you should think of other people and so on. But like in nature, I mean, but, but why we do that? It's it's identification with the aggressor, which is usually mm. a term used for a child children who have been abused. You know. Um, when a child has been, let's say, physically abused uh, and then he becomes a bully because yes. he identifies with the person who has been abusing and he wants to be the powerful one. Um, so we're, that's kind of what we're doing, you know. We have uh, in California, for example, we have Newsom telling us these ridiculous um, rules that then he doesn't follow himself because then they change doesn't... every day. And they change. Yes, I can't even. I don't even bother paying attention to them anymore. They change more than he changes his underwear. <laughs> Same thing with Fauci. I mean, I think people have turned these people off by now, you know, because uh, because they do change and they're hypocrites. They don't follow their own rules all over, you know, um, from New York to California. The people in charge aren't they get caught in being hypocrites and, you know, uh, not following the rules that they're making for everybody else. And it it is 1984. It's really George Orwell's 1984 it it's is very strange
1: funny. and true. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that, and that's all. and I think that's the thing that is also kind of uh, bizarre to see. Like uh, my husband and I say, why aren't people thinking, like using their brains? I mean, I'm not, a, a, no offense to, you know, our friends in circle who might be listening to this, but <laughs> at the same time, I can't not say it. I don't, it doesn't even make sense. If somebody has one rule one day and a totally different rule the next day and you just follow it regardless. And then they go back to that other one. Doesn't that make you think? Instead, I think it's creating, uh, also people are, are trying to do the right thing or they're whatever the reason is, but it must create some tension inside and uh, angst or whatnot because you're not following your own, uh, I don't want to say just your intuition, but that you're not, you're not following what feels even logical to you, but you're tw- wanting to do the right thing or whatever it is that's going through the mind. It must create, uh, a crossing of wires, literally. And yeah. if they don't have anybody to talk to about this, and, I'll, and, and right now things are so polarized, I have to say as well, that I wonder if not only in your friendship circles or your, or your uh, family circles, but even with your, depending on who you find in your, your therapist and your, whoever it is that you go to, there also is this fear of, of speaking truth because what does the other person think right now? And, and unlike how I grew up, you know, even in the, even in the eighties, there was a feeling that you could agree to disagree, which doesn't feel like it's in the air now. So uh, I don't know, what do you recommend to people right now to find their people or, or to manage this <laughs> when they feel so isolated, I think, on both sides of the spectrum. Yes,
0: everybody's afraid to say what they really think that's gotten worse and worse because, because pe- I call it COVID rage. It's like um, it's like road rage where everybody is so on edge, you know. So like road rage, somebody cuts you off, or you think they cut you off, and you explode. And that's what's happening here, whether it's about masks or just anything. Um, We're just on just that takes a a split hair to uh, set us off, and um, and that is not good. I think we have to, you know, of course we need to do things to relax more and so on. But I think part, another thing that's, um, and I love the vaccine issue um, that, you know, I'm sure you've thought of this, how uh, when people ask each other, well, first of all, there are people who get the vaccine and then they post it all over social media, pictures of themselves getting the vaccine, like who gives a damn?
1: (laughs) I know it's not like you go in and go look I got my tetanus shot it's very different
0: right now and and so and then then when people ask you you know have you gotten your vaccine um I mean now they've like in California they've lowered it to 16 so it's age isn't as much of an issue but like before when it was starting I don't remember what it started over 70 or something Um, yeah 65 or anyhow so asking if you got your vaccine you're basically asking the person to tell you how old they are right (laughs) and then um, oh you didn't get a vaccine why aren't you getting it I mean, really, this is private, you know? Um, and then it's not just age, but it's, um, you didn't get it. Do you do you have some kind of underlying medical condition? I mean, people are asking all kinds of personal questions that are not right. It should be up to the individual. And then there's the vaccine shaming, right? <laughs> so, right, for
1: a personal choice, or there might be so many things. As you said, it's so personal. I, I mean... I've had strangers ask me on the street, you know, I'm walking into the drugstore, people are lined up to get their vaccine and someone starts talking to you. There's so many details that I may or may not want to reveal (laughs) whether I've had it or not. It's more the privacy thing. I'm a very private person and I've had so many people ask me. and I know that that conversation is going to be long, whether I've had it or I haven't had it. There's the. People want to know and they feel they have a right to know all the reasons why I did or didn't. And I really don't want to talk about it. But Then I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, you're in a trial and you abstain, you know, I take the fifth or whatever, that it then means that you're guilty of something. I don't know one way or the other, depending on who you're talking to. We have in our circles here, I'm in, I'm in West Sonoma County and we've got both Sides very strongly we've got a lot of people who are anti-vax here and a lot of people who are like are you insane you know there's everything is going on and right. it's too scary to answer either way I don't really want to talk to people about it right. but what what would do you, do you have any advice for people because I'm seeing in every single gathering not every single there's a handful of people who kind of respect each other's space but overall I'm seeing it over and over even our neighbors we got together the first time and that was the first question people were asking when are you getting it? Um, again, it felt like, well, <laughs> so you're saying I'm over whatever I was over 50, but I just was like, again, it felt really strange. How do you, I mean, I think boundaries are a huge thing inside of this. And, and I also know that whatever we're talking about now about grownups is an important conversation for young people because they have an even harder time than the average adult who often, you know, also may have issues with, how to hold boundaries in a respectable way, in a way that feels good and you don't feel worse than you did before the conversation. Uh, and, and what we're doing, what I'm doing, I know that my five-year-old and our my husband's 16-year-old and 25-year-old, like they're all, they're watching what we're doing, even if they might make their own choices.
0: Yes. You know, what do you
1: advise? How, how is a good way to manage a situation regarding boundaries and that?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, of course it depends upon... Like, I've had people ask me that, too, and, um, you know, it depends upon the person and the situation and all that, but as to how much you feel comfortable revealing. But, um, uh, you know, you have to, the first thing is, you need to understand that when people are asking me that, generally, it's because they're they're really thinking, are you safe? Am I safe to be next to you? You know, are you going to kill me? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going (laughs) to kill me if you didn't get vaccinated? You better go get vaccinated. Um I think the, the important thing is to stress and for kids too is to stress the value of free choice. Um and how that trumps everything. Uh, you know, that that People need to become aware, like to have good reasons for why they do one thing or another. But then after that, I mean, that's America. That is the beauty of living in America. You're supposed to. (laughs) It's getting, we're losing our freedoms more and more, but um, it is supposed to be free choice. Of course that, and I I don't mind saying, I um, I, I don't mind saying to the world who's gonna be listening (laughs) to this. podcast, um, I, I haven't gotten vaccinated. And I don't plan on getting vaccinated unless, um, well, the reason why I haven't is because one, um, uh, I was waiting, there are lots of side effects and, and my mother um, used to get side effects from getting the flu shot. I've never gotten a flu shot. So I just in general don't like putting things into my body, foreign things into my body. That's the number one thing. And, um, and the second thing is that I don't like the government telling me what to do.
1: That's so, the biggest piece for me is like, well, even if I was walking up to the, you know, up to the line, as soon as somebody tells me to do it, it makes me think <laughs> twice about whether I want to do it. You, anyway, you know, I hear you. It's, it's tricky.
0: I mean, it isn't really, you know, I, it's not that I want to, I certainly don't discourage anybody from getting it, but especially people who do have underlying conditions and so on or who are older, but, um. But again, and that's where the whole vaccine passport thing comes in, you know, where, um, I mean, I love it. Biden said the other day, the federal government is not going to make a rule that everybody has to get it. But if, you know, if you need it to get on an airplane or you need it to um, uh, maybe eventually like for passports, you know, if they make it a rule that you have to have it for a passport, that is the federal government saying you have to have it. So I, it's just um, a slippery slope. And, uh, and I'm, what I am doing, I'm not like um, just carelessly sort of doing this. What I have been doing since the beginning is following um, a, a routine. And I've been trying, I've been telling, spreading this and telling people about this to follow a routine um, to build up your immune system. That yes. is what everybody should be doing. You know, yes. uh, as Fauci was, I call him the voice, the voice and face of gloom and doom. <laughs> and he has been killing more people through his gloom and doom than anything else because stress um, decreases, weakens the immune system. Yes. So we have all become more susceptible to getting COVID by the more we tune into this gloom and doom. So, um, so if um, you know, I had come up with something called um, a a a, a, um, here we go (laughs) an acronym um, called Heal Myself, and if everybody followed this, you wouldn't have to worry about the vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my husband's gonna love this because okay, uh, this is great. So, Heal Myself. Um, each of the letters, you know, an acronym, each of the letters stand for something that you should do every day. Okay. So the H is healthy, nutritious food. E is exercise like walks in the sun or dancing in your living room. A is aromatherapy like candles, aromatherapy candles, or putting flowers around your homes, sweet smelling flowers. L is laughter at least an hour a day. Um, putting on something, you know, that makes you laugh, a sitcom or um, a movie, or uh, even just Googling jokes. Then, uh, so that's heal, H-E-A-L. Then myself, M is meditation or calming music. Y is your choice of vitamins and supplements. Sleep is trying to get eight hours a night. E is engaged with friends and family to support each other. L is limit your daily intake of gloom and doom. And F is follow your passion.
1: I love it. Oh, and you surprised me. I, I was expecting a, a more uh, clinical. A, a, what, 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 yeah, very clinical. You know, I, I have to admit, like like I said, I didn't want to Google you. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, well, okay, let's see. How are we going to navigate this? So, I, I think uh, you really spoke to, to my my core values and are, are some that really touches me uh, in a strong way because uh, I appreciate so much, you know, sort of that integrated medicine, you know, integrated with the world sort of, so to speak. And that is really powerful. And I, I am going to definitely include that in our description inside the podcast uh, and on the blog, because that's one of the things that's been most disturbing is that they're not talking about all these things. Just go get vaccinated. And, oh, by the way, you still have to wear your mask and be careful <laughs> and do this every six months but nobody's talking about all the the health and nutrition and the the anti-stress essentially yeah. yes. which of course is the key thing to not getting sick people say to to say to us all the time because i we were living with my mother for a little while because of fires and all that and uh and i said please you can't have you cannot watch the news she'd have it on 24 hours a day in her ear on the th- I that you've got to stop so yeah. it it was a big <laughs> moment in the house, you know, to getting her to, to turn it off once in a while. She was angry about it, but it actually helped a lot. Yes, and as absolutely. well, what you were talking about, the immune system and the, whatever you use, meditation, prayer, something like this. Uh, my husband had somebody on because uh, he works with the Swedish chamber. He's the running that. And he wanted to just have both sides, you know, talking about what was going on. And he had the Swedish basically the Swedish Fauci, he got him on uh-huh. and he asked the question. So why isn't anybody talking about boosting your immune system? Silence, yes. absolute silence. Uh, and, you know, he said, we went out and, you know, bought tons of vitamin C in our, you know, the very beginning of people in our, you know, in our area, we noticed that certain things were not on the shelves. We couldn't get a emergency uh-huh. things anymore, but why isn't anybody talking about that instead yeah. just like you were saying before, take a pill, a shot, and you know, hopefully it it helps. But there's so many other things, which you just covered in that acronym. And I'm so thankful for that, because people can work with that. That's, that's, that's something you can work with and in control, you can go and have fun and listen to something that makes you laugh. That feels good, rather than is this shot gonna, am I gonna have side effects? (laughs) Am I gonna have freedom in causing more stress?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and these are things that anybody can do. They're not expensive. And it's you know essentially yes. other than buying vitamins and supplements, there's really nothing uh, that costs anything. Or uh, An aromatherapy candle, big deal, you know. Um, and so, yes, this public health campaign for um, for COVID has been a disaster. And you know, after I got my MD, I and became a psychiatrist. Um, I got a master's in public health, and I um, I had a uh, fellowship from the National Institute of Mental Health uh, for my master's in public health, and um, so I learned about what you're supposed to do in a public health campaign. And this is the exact opposite. You know, you're supposed to not um, tell people the gloom and doom. Um, you know, you have to inform them, but not in a way that leaves them feeling helpless. You have to tell them what to do. You, you tell them the dangers and the problem and all of that, but then you give them steps. What do you do about that? You know, and, um, and first of all, for a, almost a year, there was no vaccine. So you couldn't, I mean, all we were told to do is the masks and the six feet and, right, uh, and, and wash people, your hands, <laughs> and, yes, and wash your disinfect hands. everything. right, <laughs> Right. right. And so, um, you know, and nobody, those aren't things that you necessarily enjoy um, doing. So uh, yes, this was so, if they would have started with this from the beginning, you know, we would, have, a lot fewer people would have died.
1: I absolutely agree. And and I love that the things in, in your list are not, are things that that even young people can do. Because my daughter, for example, it's funny, you talk about aromatherapy. I had a <laughs> another guest who hasn't uh, who's going to air in some weeks. And she does really beautiful aromatherapy and different and uh, mm-hmm. elixirs and things. And they're beautiful. And my daughter loves the ritual of using them, you know, yeah. different points during the day, um, rescue remedy and, you know, things like that, just anything or going she, uh, we have a bag of lavender and she just sort of smells it at nice. night. And I think that it's uh, you know, not just a, a five-year-old, but this is a kind of thing that even subtly, teenager could, could have in their backpack when they're feeling stressed. And it's not about getting a, a, a prescription. It's not about having to talk, even if you don't feel comfortable talking to your peers or somebody in that moment, but that they're, you you've given in this acronym, some tools that people can naturally use that feel like you're, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're having a problem, even if you are. And, you know, you're a world traveler as well. We were living in Czech Republic. We travel the world and, and in different parts of the world, in different cultures, wherever you live in the world, uh, there's different beliefs around therapy, around needing help and getting help and uh, and shame or ego or, you know, cultural beliefs. Yes. And so I love that your acronym really encompasses even yeah. people who might have a belief system that says, you know, we don't go to therapy, or we don't do whatever. Right. Uh, you've got a lot of things in there that that still kind of cross all those lines because people are really suffering. And um, like we were saying, <laughs> of all ages, and it's not just during a pandemic; it's all the time. I mean, we, uh, you know, we're talking mostly about just us as humans, all all ages. But I I know that one of the things that had popped up because I know you've you know got your incredible book, which made me smile even when I was, even though it was about that, you know, you know, lion tigers and terrorists. Oh my. And, and, you know, how to navigate this, this time. I'm not going to go through the whole, I'll, whole <laughs> title, but it's so strong because we are, uh, our young people, all people are suffering, but our young people kind of get stuck sometimes. And I'm so worried because we're seeing so many suicides right now. Um, I mean, it's often happening. And when you have things like 13 reasons why, which then there starts to be copycat things and it's,
0: yes, there's yes. so
1: much going on, but I, I, uh, I would love for you just to hit on that because I know that we, I could talk to you for hours. I could feel that, yes. but I do want to <laughs> hit on that because I do think it's important uh, in this time, but just in the time of existence, not just the pandemic. I think we need tools as grown-ups and as young people, how, how can we either hold a conversation or support each other even if we're respecting privacy if that makes any sense like even if our kids don't come to us what would you suggest to people in this time because often even the best most communicative most loving families you have kids who it's not about not wanting to talk to their parents about what's going on inside of them but often they they're seeing their parents suffering right now and they want to protect them. I watch kids. I've worked with kids all ages. Oh, I I see that my mom or my dad, they're having a hard time. I'm not going to burden them with how I'm feeling. I'm going to try and navigate it myself, which doesn't always work. Especially if you have hormones going. And I was, I was a young person who had many dark days uh, and, and knew, I found out later it was about hormones and stress and different things, but, People don't necessarily uh, find the way. I, what would you suggest to parents right now that may not know the status of what's happening inside of their kids' minds and may not have the, the luxury of knowing that they're suffering if they are? What would be a couple of things well, they could do to work with the, the moment?
0: The first thing, whether it's pandemic or really any time, actually the yeah. pandemic because we've been locked down, has given parents more of an opportunity to interact with their kids than they would have had. Um, And the first thing is really to, uh, even beyond the pandemic, is to um, get kids to get into the habit, help kids to make it an everyday uh, affair to talk to you about their feelings. D, Make that less of an anxiety-provoking situation. Make kids feel that you want to hear. Because, I mean, yes, what you were saying, a lot of times um, kids don't want to burden their parents, especially if they see their parents are having their own problems. But um, there are so many ways that you can encourage your kids to express their feelings, like, um, especially for young kids, giving them uh, paper and crayons.
1: You know, mm. doing them
0: things to draw, then talking to them about their drawing things like um, if they're making a sunny day or a cloudy day or a rainy day or who they're putting, uh, you know, there's a, a psychological test so to speak that you do a house tree person, you know, you ask a child to draw a house. And you can tell from how they draw it whether they draw a house that's falling down, you know, that's what they feel that their house is having some their mm. family is having some dysfunction. Um, I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to live in an actual literal house, but like it's, it's the family um, that there's dysfunction or who they stand themselves next to house tree person. A tree is also supposed to be how healthy um, they they are and their people around them are and so on and person, um, you know, draw themselves and their parents um, and their friends. I I actually, I have some of these exercises in that book that you mentioned lions and tigers and terrorists. and i encourage people uh, parents and teachers to um to bring this out of kids but you have to you know the one thing that parents do whether it's about terrorism or the pandemic or the the riots or anything um parents because they feel awkward talking to their kids about these things and they don't want to frighten their kids they think mm-hmm. it's better oh well i just won't talk about it at all And uh, and oh, my kids don't really know what's going on. I don't want to worry them, (laughs) which is kind of ridiculous. Even the youngest kids, they clearly don't understand all the details of whatever it is, but they know that that something scary is going on. And, um, and so it's really important to talk about these things at their level, you know, explaining these things, what is a coronavirus, you know, um, and explaining about why we can't go visit grandma. And, you know, you have to talk about these things. And the more the kids feel that they, you know, the dinner table, I mean, this is what happened in America. It used to be that when families all sat down to dinner together, they would talk about these things. How was your day? What happened to you today in school? That's when they were going to school. But what, how, You know, how was your day? Tell, talk to us. And that then um, so many American families just have it where everybody's running somewhere else and they don't sit together for dinner or breakfast or lunch. And, um, and, and parents lose track of their kids. You know, whether it's talking about something scary or whether it's just talking about, um, you know, their best friend broke up with them or whatever it is. Um, And that is so bad because you need these times to really check in, uh, especially when there's something going on like what we're going through now. But but even just in general and kids generally fall into um, seeming. Sca- sad, scared, mad, or bad. Sad, scared, mad, or bad. And bad isn't where they are bad, but it's where they have sort of a mixture of feelings. Like, um, you know, you can't really say a specific, I just feel bad, you know, I, 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 it's sort of a mixture. But um, so get kids to talk about these kinds of things. Also, you know, making puppets is another example. You can just do very simply um, and talk to the child as a puppet. And when they talk to you as a puppet, they feel like they're not themselves so they can say more things, you know? Um, So it's really just, uh, it's really just making, making quiet time, you know, finding a quiet time and place to have these little chats. Thank you. And
1: I, I would love, because I, I know that's one version of family. I know the other, thing that comes up during this time, but all times, is uh, the kids who have parents who are maybe not so focused on being available to their kids and growing their kids, that it's a different kind of dynamic where they have been a suffering, especially in the last year, because the family situation isn't great. Maybe they're not getting proper nutrition and people aren't around or there's abuse or there's things going on that are you know not ideal and that sitting down at dinner time isn't even something they want to do, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you suggest to those young people or the people who might be around them who want to support them or who aren't around them right now because of the situation? I know in the past they may have had teachers, schools, uh, uh, peers. You know, What would be something that you advise if you, you want to somehow support them uh, or for the young person who, who doesn't have that family situation what what could they do right now because I know we do occasionally have some young people listening and I would like to offer you know them Uh something as well
0: Uh well yes of course it's hard when um either your parent isn't there physically or they're not there emotionally, maybe they're depressed, or they're, you know, obsessed with uh, their own thoughts, or they're narcissistic and they're just uh, in their bedroom doing their nails all the time. Sure, <laughs> All these things, um, you know, or, or of course, uh, well, in that, those kinds of cases, I mean, I, I would recommend that kids try to connect, even when their parents, I mean, obviously if a parent isn't there, it's a little hard, physically isn't there, but um, try to make that connection. And then if not, then figure out who you have, who you know, um, you know, who preferably an adult or a younger person, I mean, an older person than yourself, um, you know, so like if it's a seven-year-old, maybe a teenager, but somebody you can trust, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you your rabbi, or your minister, um, uh, or a teacher, or, you know, somebody you can connect with at least on the phone, if not by Zoom, um, and who, but who you trust, you know, I mean, that's one of the problems that's going on these days, too, that kids are talking to other kids and getting bullied online mm. and all that. So you have to make sure you don't get involved in that. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and, uh, and then of course, if, you know, there are situations where kids are in a, abusive homes and that usually is caught by teachers and now it hasn't been caught um, and kids should um, call 911. If you're being abused, you call nine, you know, of course kids don't want to report their parents, but, but um, you can't, it is very dangerous to be in that kind of situation, especially in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, or call uh, if that's too if that's too scary, then call a relative. Call an aunt. Call a grandparent. Well, maybe not a grandparent. You don't want <laughs> <listen> to <them. laughs> but an aunt or an uncle or you know somebody um, or a cousin, and ask for their advice. Um, ask them you know what to do or whether you could stay with them or something. But you do need. You can't just stay in your home and keep accepting it, keep taking it. You know, there was this story of a woman in France, maybe you um, read about this too, that she was being uh, abused. You know, there's a lot of domestic abuse going on. Husbands mostly um, Mm -hmm. beating up their wives, hitting their wives. And uh, she went to, um, he didn't really let her out of his sight, but um, she went to the store and um, he was, you know, watching through the door of the store. And she had put a, made a sign um, that said, you know, call the police or call, like I'm being, uh, I'm being abused. And uh, I guess with her phone number or something. And um, she oh, like, you know, she wore it somehow. And she showed, so the shopkeepers saw it and they got her help. So there are all kinds of um, uh, ingenious ways of getting out mm-hmm. of situations.
1: Thank you. I mean, I think that people in general have to be more creative these days, whether it's about abuse or navigating current reality, for sure. And it's always been available, but I think we're being forced into it and uh, and to find a way to take care of ourselves or, you know, whether it's in an abusive situation or just, you know, existing right now in the best way possible. Um what
0: if, just just yeah. for, Of course, one, one thing we should mention, and I'm sure you have already in your podcast, but um, that uh, nowadays, I mean, with the lockdowns, more therapists are available than ever on Zoom, you know? So there is really no excuse. I mean, you have to be careful. You can't just, I know there are all different kinds of uh, groups offering therapy on Zoom and, or, and even telephone um, You know, you call into these, what is it like therapist in a box or, you know, um, and some of them do not have, you have to make sure that they, that the people are licensed and have, um, uh, you know, higher licenses, I mean, higher certification, higher degrees um, than You shouldn't be getting mental health help from a coach. In other words, a coach—hard
1: to say to a coach, but (laughs) but but I no, but I do I do hear what you're saying because some people just show up and start giving really strange advice. And uh, you know, I I would say, what what questions would you suggest? How would you help someone navigate finding someone? Because uh, you know, just going online. I mean, sometimes there are reviews, sometimes there aren't. I mean, I personally want to, I want to either a review or referral. I prefer a referral from somebody who I think has similar core values, but if they don't have that, what are some basic, like, I always ask a bunch of questions because I realize that not every therapist or whoever it is that you're looking for, acupuncturist, whoever it is that you're looking for, you do have to find your people that, that sing to your soul in some version that you're not, you know, butting heads because you have to feel safe. And as you were saying, safe and and trust someone in order to connect and and get anything out of it. What would you suggest that people do to find the right person? (laughs)
0: And this is not a put down on coaches. It's just No, it's okay. I
1: just was teasing because I'm a coach.
0: But you know, there are coaches and there are coaches. Like you obviously are very sensitive, (laughs) very knowledgeable and all of that. You know, that is not the average coach. And you'll even admit that. (laughs) I do,
1: absolutely. (laughs) I've been Um, in some horrible sessions myself. So on the receiving end.
0: Yes. Um, It is hard, you know, for some of these companies that do this, Um, they have a website and you can read about the different people who you could potentially connect with. Not that that tells you everything, but you should look for higher credentials, you know, either an MD or a PhD or a PsyD or a social worker. Um, On the lower end, you know, marriage and family therapists, uh, some are good, but that they have the least amount of training. So, you know, you should be careful with that. Um, And and then yes, as as you said, um, personal referrals are really good. Although even even that somebody might have a different kind of, uh, uh, like a different kind of interaction than you do but um so it's first it's the it's the you know the credentials and the description and then these services where there are some services where you don't necessarily get the same person each time because you can call right. whatever you want and whoever is there you know that's who answers you and they don't know anything about you <laughs> so you have to go through the whole you should i mean and that's the, the value of having a therapist, whether it's on Zoom or in person or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's somebody you build a relationship with someone who gets to know you, gets to know your childhood and why you are the way you are. And, and uh, remembers things about you, you know, um, rather than having it like a McDonald's, a, <laughs> a therapist. That's what, that's what they are.
1: <laughs> and it's exhausting too. If you've got a story, I, I do think that it's, uh, as a person who, I mean, I've spent time in group therapy and, you know, one-on-one, I mean, I'm in California. This is, (laughs) we start that early on, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know, I I definitely, I'm all on board with what you're saying as far as I I think it's so important to, well, it's also to know what you said was a a really key thing about, you know, even a referral may not work. Recognizing, or maybe even asking yourself the question of, you know, how do I open up the best, like what kind of person and what, what, how do I need things to be in order to, uh, to get to a point where I'm having a real conversation? Is it easy? Is it not? And usually it takes time. I mean, it's always at the end of a session that I feel like, okay, now I'm finally relaxing and I have six minutes left before the session is ending. So if you have to start all over again, it's, it's also kind of just, you're stuck in that one part of your story and you don't get into that progression and that deepening and that really going under the surface and where, where there's a, a chance to move things versus just getting a quick hit of something like, you know, having a Coca-Cola and then, you know, now I have energy and then you kind of, you know, then you fall further afterwards. It's the same yeah. kind of thing with the, the, mic, the, the McTherapy you were mentioning, I think you have to be really careful about what you need. Yes.
0: And, yes. Yeah. and sometimes, you know, in terms of picking a therapist, sometimes it does take, um, going through a session at least, uh, at least one, um, to know whether this is someone who you feel comfortable opening up with and whether they are saying something in return that doesn't seem like it was just canned, you know, that they read out of a textbook, but that it relates to you. And, And you should feel, be, you know, feel okay about um, trying somebody else until you feel that that sense of comfort. You know, you can just tell them I'm I'm um, consulting with a few people to see who I feel most comfortable with. And if the therapist gets angry and says, "Well, don't no, call me again," <laughs> then you know
1: <laughs> that's not my person.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, thank you for that. That giving permission to explore to find the right fit. Thank you for saying that. I think a lot of people need that need to be reminded that it's, it's okay. You don't have to just one and done something like that, especially if it doesn't feel right. Oh my gosh. So much goodness here today, Carol. Uh, is there, are there any last thoughts that you would want to leave people with if they were going to get one thing after the, out of this conversation? Cause I know we're kind of over time because of tech <laughs> issues uh, and I don't normally do that. So. What, what would be like if you wanted people to get one thing out of this conversation today that you would hope that they would walk away with for themselves and that echoing out to their, their families and their communities?
0: Well, I would say, um, I'm sort of going to cheat and do two things, but that's great. uh, one, One thing is the, um, acronym that I gave you before heal myself. And the second thing is because of all the things going on in the world, um, including political things and and uh, you know not just the pandemic it's all the violence and everything else um it's making us feel helpless and i would say that one important thing is to realize that the way out of helplessness is doing something um is whatever bothers you the most is joining some organization or doing something on your own um, online or, or writing a book or, you know, whatever, but, or you know, or, or politically, if you join the political party that you wanna see in power, but do something to, um, to try to change things. Don't just stay in helplessness, do something.
1: Was that two? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <those were> two. <laughs> is that why is that why you're you're working with this topic? Did you I mean did you get fired up about uh I mean because we, we 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 you know you're talking about, you know, if I think about just even the book that you've done recently, is what what made you keep going forward with it? Okay. Because you're talking about this, I just have to ask before we say goodbye sure, because sure. Uh, that's so important. You brought up something so important.
0: Well, it's uh, there's sort of a general answer and then a specific answer. Um, when I decided to become a psychiatrist, um, which was when I was a teenager and read Freud, <laughs> uh, and I do psychotherapy, psychoanalytically oriented psychotherapy, I don't do mid visits to go back to what I was saying earlier about psychiatrists who are just pill pushers these days. Um, when I decided to become a psychiatrist, it was with the idea Of doing uh, media and writing books. You know, I do radio and I do television and uh, podcasts and all of that to help more people. I I didn't want to just be stuck in an office and have however many people I could help in my lifetime, you know, come in and out. Um, That I wanted to help more people. I had the, I was grateful for having a fabulous education. Um, I went, I did my psychiatry residency at NYU Bellevue, which is the best. And I, uh, p- as part of that, I studied in London with Anna Freud right before she died, wow. um, and then I, you know, I also before that I did medicine and so on. But, um, but you know, those the psychiatry part was like really special, and I wanted to share that with other people, giving people these insights. So, uh, you know, it's it, 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 it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if you're going to find it interesting, but when I was when I was starting doing this uh, media-wise. I talked about I talk about the headlines and whatever was going on and all that and analyzing that. But a lot of times I would talk about like a lot of celebrities were in the news. And uh, I even had <laughs> writing like showbiz shrink was one and um, Hollywood on the couch was another. And um, and, and I use celebrities and their foibles to give regular people um, advice, you know, on how you shouldn't get into that kind of problem. Okay. And why they got into it, how, what happened in their childhood that drove them to ultimately be in this kind of problem. Okay. But, you know, after 9-11, um, I decided that um, I would, I mean, I still do that sometimes, but, but I have more of a focus on, uh, well, after 9-11, even though, I mean, I was an, a New Yorker born and bred, and then I moved later to California after my residency, my psychiatry residency. Um, and I, I decided I wanted to devote a part of my work to helping people cope with terrorism. So um, I did a number of things uh, in that regard. I've written two books on terrorism. One of them you mentioned, that's the latest one. Um, but I did one that was published in, in London um, called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. And um, it was published on the one year anniversary of their 9-11, which was 7-7. And, uh, and I've done a whole bunch of things related to terrorism. And, and, um, and, and currently, um, I actually do a podcast, called, a weekly podcast called The Terrorist Therapist Show. Now, these days, Americans are not really paying any attention to terrorism, um, but because they, you know, there's enough to think about, but terrorists have like, you know, since I have to do research every week to pick out the, the top topic in terrorism of that week, um, I can tell you that terrorists have not gone away, <laughs> they have not forgotten their ultimate goal, you know, for centuries um, uh, of wanting to destroy the West. And so, um, so we, this is an issue that we will still realize we have to encounter, but, um, but anyhow, and, and so, so I think more to answer your question, and then so everything that kind of comes along, that was sort of the first major thing. And then the pandemic was another thing um, anything, and, and also I talked a lot about the, the statue burning or statue toppling and, um, you know, the different things that our country is going through in the last, uh, in the last year or so, but, you know, the starting with 9-11 and, and, um, and so I do talk about things that are happening and how we can best uh, approach them. So like you're saying, yes, I feel passionate about getting my heal myself message out there. Because, um, because, because they have done <laughs> a very awful job about you know doing the basic, getting people to to do the basic things that would help them the most. Yes, I mean, so I guess what I was trying to say is that in the the, the longer. Or the more serious, the more trouble our country has been getting into. The more, the less I have been spending time, you know, analyzing ce- celebrities' problems <laughs> and focusing more on, you know, these more serious issues.
1: I understand, and um, thanks for clarifying that because I know that, uh, you know, when people Google, they make a lot of assumptions, and uh, and I want. I'm glad that you you talked a little bit about that because I. Uh, I really want people to to dive in with you and get to know you in the way that I've gotten to get to know you today, to share this message. And I know that you know we make a lot of assumptions these days. Oh, she works for celebrities; that she's that kind of person or that kind mm-hmm. of doctor, or you know this and that. So I really appreciate that you kind of touched on all of it because, uh, I mean, while. I have had my moments with celebrities as well. And I do get that they're also just human beings dealing with a lot of the crap that we're dealing with as well. It, it does put a different spin on it. And I'm, I'm just really, Carol, I'm really thankful that you're out there and that you, you encompass, uh, you know, you're an, you're an MD, you're a doctor, but you're also this human who's integrating so much of, I, at least from my perspective, I feel, you know, spiritual and the world cultures and, uh, you know, young people as well as older people and everyone in between. And there's so much inside of what you're putting out there. And I feel your passion and your dedication to continuing to do the work that is stirring you up. And it's very inspiring. And I'm I'm thankful that you're continuing on, on this path and that you're pulling us in today uh, because... It's, it's also, you know, gets me thinking, you know, and, and, I hope it's doing the same thing with other people today. Thank, well, thank you. you so much. <laughs> so where can people find you? Of course, I'll put links in like I always do. You mentioned your podcast, but where would you like for people to connect with you and how can we support um, your vision?
0: Well, let's see. Um, I, my basic website is drcarol.com, which is D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E.com. Um, then I have terroristtherapist.com and I have expert witness forensic psychiatrist.com. I wow, I am, I am in the process of putting them all together into one website, but um, called America's psychiatrist.com, but that is not yet um available because I'm busy doing all these other things and I don't uh, but you know, I started that before the pandemic and obviously got more involved in helping people deal with the pandemic. So, but that's, Absolutely. that's going to be coming. So,
1: so if somebody wanted to connect with you, they would go to your website. Um, and are you, you're doing the regular podcast if they wanted to hear your voice and your, your opinion, your experiences, what's happening, that would be the I, ideal place. And I guess you pop up in other places. I saw Oprah and different, different places where you have or do pop up.
0: Yes, actually, um, the terrorist therapist show um, is all over where podcasts are, but it's including Renegade Talk Radio, RenegadeTalkRadio.com. Oh, nice. And then I also do a podcast, Dr. Carol's Couch, which is on VoiceAmerica.com. So, yes. I...
1: <laughs> well, I just want people to be able to find you because I think, you know, if uh, like you were saying, if someone finds their person then, you know, you want to con- continue down the road. And I, you know, you sound very busy. So I'm assuming you're not necessarily taking a one-on-one
0: <laughs> sessions have, with people. Yeah. Okay. I'm still doing that. Yes. Good to
1: know. So see people, if you just heard something that speaks <laughs> to your heart and this woman is your person, don't be afraid to contact uh, on one of those websites that speaks to what's happening with you. Thank you, Carol. I really appreciate your time today.
0: Um, Thank you. I really enjoyed speaking with
1: you. Thank you for listening to our Very Imperfect Parenting podcast. If you'd like a little more, like live coaching sessions, then jump into Facebook.com backslash IP Parents. You can also write me at ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things. If you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast, that helps us a lot as well. We have Patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for being out there.